to Christianity and Pop Culture. My name's Constance and I'm reviewing Downsizing by Alexandra Payne. The main actor is Matt Damon. Today I've got Will Green with me. Hi, Will. Hey. Say hello to everyone. Hey, I'm Will. <laughs> and um, I really like the film Downsizing, despite, yes. despite the negative critical reception that it received. Yes, we both loved it. We've watched it three times now. So first question, what do you like most about the movie? That's a very broad question. No, that's all right. So I, I thought the movie was good because it tried to deal with the disappointment of everyday life. It wasn't necessarily a film like the Marvel superhero films where you see great things happen. Basically, it's just a very ordinary person's life. And the technology is actually kind of like a sideshow. In fact, you, you don't even really need the downsizing technology to make a similar kind of film in terms of the feeling. Because it's really a giant character arc about how someone who is a little bit lost and as his friend says, Dusan, a bit loser guy, he actually finds something really solid to do and to believe in. At the end. At the end, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a massive character arc, and I think it's a very consistent character arc. Mm. You know, everything follows mm -hmm. in a line, kind of. Mm -hmm. All of his choices, you can understand it. Yeah, so I really like that aspect to it. But that's just like one aspect, the character arc. Yeah. Um, and they say that good films need to have a character arc. Do you mean you see a development in the character? Yeah, and, and yeah. It's, it's not just that the character changes, it's that you understand why they changed and because you're kind of there through the medium of the film so you kind of get to change with them or you get to f simulate what it would be like to have made those choices and you understand why someone made those choices so what was the development so you've you've talked about there's a development in the character from a to b what specifically in the character changed and we're talking obviously about matt damon mm. Is it Paul Sephronic? Yes. Good memory. So I think that the main... And it's Paul Sephronic, not Paul... Sephronic. Sephronic. Yeah. And it's not Peter. And it's not you. All of which were mentioned in the movie. Well, I think that the Paul Sephronic, he basically starts off like you could imagine any guy. Just an, He's just an average guy. He, he's quite a nice guy. He is... He made sacrifices to care for his mother, who has um, a very serious uh, Fibromyalgia. Illness. Yeah, very serious. And, um, you know, as a consequence, he hasn't really reached the kind of career success that he, he was capable of and that he wanted to reach. And he feels like he's disappointed his wife in some way. Like there's one scene where they go to bed, she goes to sleep and he can't sleep. He's, he goes out again and he runs the numbers and he he's finding out that basically they can't upgrade to a better house. They're going to remain in the house in which they grew up and he feels very bad about that. Like most men, I think, who, who, who would feel if they um, were unable to provide a better life for their family. And there's nothing that he can do about it, basically. So he becomes interested in, in downsizing. But actually, the general situation he finds himself in is really common things in life just don't work out the way you expect yeah you know and i love that quote from ecclesiastes which is that the race does not go to the the fast necessarily or to the strong the victory does not necessarily go to the strong but time and chance happen to all 
So the way the chips have fallen. Yeah, he feels very bad about that. So that's where, where we start off. But then downsizing, which is a really interesting scientific science fiction idea, basically promises to take the pressure right off. But like a lot of inventions that, in theory, should have made life a lot easier, they actually don't make life easier because sin comes into the picture. Um, I think the original intention of downsizing wasn't for financial relief. If you want to talk about something that was intended to be good, that's been turned for selfish purposes, mm. then what was the, the good intention in the first place? Well, it was to take the pressure off the planet. Yeah. Too much consumption. Yeah. Yeah, use of environmental resources. And yeah, yeah, that's that's right. So, so I guess one of the interesting themes that the film explores is the way in which the environmentalists who would be willing to go through a downsizing process, I think would be quite a small percentage of the population. What we're concerned about, what people are generally concerned about is, yes, the environment, but um, things like housing, food, job security, like the everyday stuff of life is probably more relevant. So people, yeah, so like he has that conversation with his friend from school and he, he says that, who says that the stuff about saving the planet is a load of crap. It's about saving yourself. Yeah, so at the start of the film, downsizing, uh, the, the technology is presented as a solution to environmental disaster. But very quickly, probably five, ten minutes into the movie, we uh, see a change. We see a change in the motivation behind the marketing of this technology, which is financial relief. Not only relief, it's actually much more than that. You, you get to live the good life. Um, because your your income will be maybe 20 times more the the equity of 125 turns to 2.20 million or something one to a thousand so one yeah one to a thousand dollar in the yeah. sort of normal world is like yeah that's right yeah. yeah so coming back to development of the character in matt damien I, I think he made a good point that he starts off disappointed in life disappointed in himself feeling the pressure of not being able to provide for for his wife and then he considers downsizing as a possible solution to their dilemma and then they go through the procedure but just the whole arc of the of the story just pulling yourself out of the the narrative and to see it from front to end i think it's very much about one man's quest in life for meaning and purpose I mentioned before that his name is Paul Safranic, and he keeps introducing himself as Paul Safranic. But we see that probably for three quarters of the film, no one ever addresses his name correctly. He's either Peter Dusan, his neighbor initially calls him Peter. He didn't know his name, and everyone else Paul Safranic, and then he he keeps correcting people, and then. And then eventually he just gives up. And, uh, it's actually Paul. You know what? Don't worry. It, yeah. So that I think that's a technique in showing his a nobody in life and and how he perceives himself. That's a cinematic technique. Mm. And then we see a development in his character where he searches for his meaning and purpose in life. And then almost towards the end, when he sort of. The, the peak of the story where he f finds himself, in, you know, quote, unquote. And that's also 
when his newfound partner calls his name correctly you know he, he goes who am I you know what am I doing in life I can see easily who you are Nam you know the the, the mm. lover um, but who am I you know uh, and then and then she goes you're Paul Safranek you're a good man and that's the first time that someone apart from himself calls his name correctly and that's also around the moment when he has sort of like an epiphany of his meaning his purpose in life which we will dwell into yeah because he he um he's been uh, really knocked around by life and he's yeah he's undergone some incredible setbacks which are not too uncommon one of them is is divorce the sad one of the sad aspects to which is that it kind of happened by accident or or i'm sure that yeah it wasn't due to anything other than the fact that they went into the room together uh separately and therefore the wife had a, that moment where she she just realized she couldn't go through with the downsizing procedure which could easily have happened very differently you know but then they can't be together obviously if she's not going to do that so divorce and then you know he's um he 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 takes a big hit economically he moves into an apartment instead of a luxury house he he works a job which is not as good as physiotherapy and then he kind of ends up going from bad to worse he he's unhappy on the inside mm. and so i guess the reason why he's going in search for meaning and he is even willing to entertain joining this cult at the end of the film although uh it it, it perhaps is unfair to refer to them as a cult that is the term used by his friends, uh, Dusan and the Sea Captain. And indeed, the group is fervently environmentalist. But basically, he thinks, look, nothing has worked out in my life. Um, this is an impossible situation where I'm basically in a position where I can join the last hope of humanity going underground. Perhaps this is the plan that the universe has laid out for me. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people who hit rock bottom are probably more interested in joining fringe odd groups because they provide a very clear statement of purpose. But um, it's interesting that the right courageous choice in the film is where he doesn't say yes to something hard. He says no to something hard and yes to something easy because it would be easy for him just to walk back and join his newfound love interest. And that actually is the point at which he makes the most sort of final transformation into really realizing who he is where he actually says no to to some great cause and yes to just going back and hang out with people that he can care for who who value him very highly yeah so in the end he finds he finds himself or he finds meaning and purpose in just being himself being a kind person and having a relationship with a lady and helping people around him Mm, the disadvantaged people of leisureland the Mm. the new underclass that has as a cynical person would have predicted but which is sad to see has formed even in such an exclusive community as that catering only to people who have been downsized Mm. and yeah in, in in that is one of the brilliant things about this film is the way the director Alexander Payne he refuses to sort of 
look at things with a utopian... Well, actually, I should say that he looks at things with a very insightful and realistic and at times cynical eye, the way in which there are a lot of really hard jobs that need to be done. Who's going to do them in Leisureland? It's going to be people who don't speak English well, people who can't get good jobs, Mm. people who are not rich. Yeah. And they have a pretty tough time. Yes, that's right. So just coming back to his finding him his meaning and purpose it's um it's a very cushion theme isn't it uh the the meaning and purpose in life you were talking about sometimes a lot of times people hit rock bottom and that's when they join something a group uh because i think that's depicted quite well in in the character paul where he he's always so drawn to people who seem to have a strong sense of purpose throughout the film it's it's funny actually he sees someone famous and he goes oh my goodness is that is that little ronnie he's just so captivated by that and it's a bit silly because there's nothing extraordinary about little ronnie as as a viewer he's just been he was born small but (laughs) matt damien when he face his face lights up it's funny yeah, so he's drawn to people who famous, who seem to have something special about their life. And I think that's because he feels like his life doesn't have any significant story to tell. And so he's also drawn to that greeny group that's been labeled a cult in the movie. Yeah, but, but he does eventually say no because he his epiphany is was replaced by yet another bigger realization that maybe his newfound love interest is right my purpose or where i can find meaning is being who i am and just help out the the widows and the orphans yeah i mean uh, i'd say i'd say that he he seems to be a passive person he sort of goes along with the flow in in many respects like him it's not that he, he is conflict avoidant. If he was conflict avoidant, he wouldn't have asked his neighbor to turn the music down. But things in his life just don't seem to work out. But it's it's kind of like he, he it's like he, he doesn't have a problem relating to other people, but he maybe has a problem knowing where he's come from and where he's going. Mm. Which is why he, he just goes with the flow. Like he's influenced to, to do the downsizing idea because of his friend in high school he ends up helping finding a new purpose in life because of his his new partner because that's what she that's what she does she's a strong christian it looks like mm. so um yeah he, he he's he needs someone or he needs a framework to function which is really quite true for a lot of people which which kind of makes it a bit weird the the way in which Leisureland is being sold to people is the place where you never have to work again so you can finally be happy but is it actually uh, a good life though because when you work you you're doing something which has to be done generally speaking that's right that's a very interesting point what is a good life Uh, Leisureland is projected as as giving you the good life and then there's a conversation where uh, Paul has with Nam there's Oh, yeah, the Vietnamese lady. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I thought you'd be writing books now, you know, giving speeches. And she says, yeah, I, I, I lived with 
three with, host families. Three host families in the in leisure land, um, but they're too selfish. It's no good. It, it's better for me to come out here and, you know, earn my own living and and live my own life. So what what is the good life? Now she's a strong Christian, but I. Now, the reason I like this movie isn't because she's a Christian and I think there's an evangelical, uh, you know, backing to her. Not at all. I, I like that she's a Christian because it, the, the and the the fact that all of the other characters actually are the way they are. That characters are so uh, the, the the characters are so detailed. You know, that they're, they're so well thought out. When I look at, when you look at them speak, when you look at them act, that. They're acting out of who the character is instead of who the writer is, you know. Mm. Sometimes you see a movie and it kind of, all the jokes, all the conversations, it, it, it just sounds like, yeah, it's all written by one author. Uh, there's Men no in black international. <laughs> there's no depth to the character, whereas all of the characters in uh, Downsizing, they're, they're very much their own characters. And... The jokes that individualized, you know. Oh, yeah, that person would say that because he, you can see that that character is like that. So coming back to being Christian, so that Nam is a Christian, and we were talking about having a framework to to live your life, and she, her framework is probably her Christian faith. Um, the the bit that I'm I'm slightly, how do you say as a, as a as a Christian analyzing this movie, you know, Paul Paul is satisfied in the end by the fact that, yeah, you know, I'm Paul schizophrenic. I'm my own person and my meaning and purpose is found in how I treat other people. But I think as a Christian, there's there can be a much larger picture in life than that, which is that your calling and your purpose in life isn't in yourself. It's because you're made in the image of God and you serve widows and orphans in the name of the person who created you and other people. So what I'm saying is that I'm not... like Even though Paul, the character, is satisfied to find his mean, his purpose in himself, as a Christian, I wouldn't be satisfied in, you know, oh yeah, I do what I do because I'm constant. There's, more, there's, no, there's no frame of reference. My frame of reference has to be... Yep, I'm. I do what I do. I believe what I believe because I'm constant and I'm made in the image of God. Ultimately. So you're. So at the very end, where Matt Damon's character is like the sort of full-time assistant to his partner, then it's not a good enough. Are you saying that you would connect more with that if if it was because he becomes a Christian too, rather than he's he's just doing it because he realizes oh helping people is what I should. Well, I'm not saying that he should he should have that point of reference. I'm saying that I I would need that point of reference. I mean, that's why I believe what I believe. I have my faith. But of course, a lot of humanitarian work are, are, is done because of someone's belief in helping, you know, helping the world. Period. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he he's still a more whole person it feels like at the end of the film whether or not he ends up embracing a religious faith of his own it seems like he he has a real purpose to his his day yes at the end and it's it's because he he probably thinks that that he's doing what he needs to do right now 
And whenever you're doing something which you think you need to do, you have a lot of a sense of purpose. And when you have a sense of purpose, you're kind of happy. Mm. So he actually does discover happiness in the end, which had eluded him for a long time. It, it seems like anyway. Mm. It, I mean, it ends on a positive note. You know, that's how his character is portrayed at the end. So we, we can assume that's what the this story was intending, which really brings to mind a really interesting interaction from the Bible, which is that when Jesus is tempted by the devil in the desert, the devil says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Because at this point, Jesus has been starving and Jesus' reply is not, no, I'm not going to do that. Or I'm not going to do anything that you suggest because you're the devil. His reply is actually logical. It's an argument. And the argument is, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but requires every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so the implication there is that what is humanity? It's not just a physical body. Because if people are physical bodies, then actually you can live on bread until you die of old age. There's nothing that will prevent someone who doesn't believe in Christianity from living as long as anyone who does. So it's talking about a holistic life and the holistic life is life filled with purpose. The life of purpose is in some, it could be a life where you do what you think is important because you think God is telling you to do it. And Paul Safranek can't just live on his, you know, the things that he can now buy in Leisureland because they're cheap. He, he to, to be a whole person, he needs to have something more than that. Yeah. Yes. So having said that, um, some other things I found interesting about the film, one of them was it's very negative critical reception, I thought. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I know. What's up with that? Yeah. As usual, it's not that I'm wrong. It's that, every, it's that the internet is wrong. I think I'm the one who is right. So I guess, yeah, we can just conclude that the I don't know how the internet is wrong. Well, um, I can summarize very quickly why I love this film and not hate it. I've already mentioned that the characters are written very well, very well thought out. And Great writing. Yeah, mm. I think I thought that the writing was really good, uh, really natural. What they say to each other and even the Vietnamese character is uh, the way she speaks and the way what she would say as you know not not a white person non-native english speaker learning yeah. english in an advanced age yes you know like a bit blunt uh very straight to the point and no you know you come here on thursday 10 a.m you know the, there's no beating around the bush yeah and all the other characters as well i, I think someone like that would actually far from alienating people would actually have a magnetic draw because someone who can be that blunt, they're being blunt because they, they know where they're going and they know where they came from. And that's powerful. Mm, yes. Yeah, and so following from, you know, well-written characters, all the humour, I found it really funny. Like I said before, the humour, I thought, didn't sound like, you know, the author trying to be funny, but actually the, the character, just the character in him or herself is, is being funny mm. um, and I, I really enjoyed that so that's the first point and the second point is even though the title is downsizing I thought the the real 
a story is about one man's quest to meaning and purpose and this being a podcast about reviewing movies through the Christian lens I, I thought you know that's really interesting that's what I think about a lot um, and we've already talked about Matt Damon's search for meaning and purpose and how m- my reflection is that I wouldn't be satisfied with finding purpose in myself but I need a higher point of reference which is God and also the third point that I why I like this film is how it actually deals with slightly original sin because the technology of downsizing was intended to be good and it's being used for selfish gain so bad that the Vietnamese government in the movie instead of killing his own citizens they downsize people as a way to to get rid of them actually 13 or 14 people died as a result direct result of the government downsizing protesters and so you know something good that's been corrupted and that's a very very uh, true to anything in this in this society and i'm not saying that because i'm cynical of any good invention that comes along but i i just recognize that a consequence of our of our sinful nature as it as it talks about in genesis yeah well i i agree i could almost believe in the in the idea of progress from age to age except i am troubled by the way in which the 20th century was actually the worst century for mass de- mass deaths by authoritarian governments by famine by war the 20th century was was really the most brutal century in in history and we are a little bit in the way into the 21st century and 21st century hasn't been too atrocious so far so hopefully that can be an improvement but it is a long way to go and so if if things are fundamentally getting better and they obviously are getting better technologically and medically but if things really fundamentally are getting better then we should not have the most recent century be the worst one I'm not yeah I'm I mean I'm not a historian so I don't know as a society we're getting better off or, or worse throughout the century but yeah the progressive view is an interesting one in that people think humanity is heading towards a utopia kind of thing kind of society well, I the, don't believe that I, I suppose like um the the one of the brilliant and insightful things about the film downsizing is the way in which it so realistically portrays a new technology being used and abused mm. Um, having said that though, a world in which downsizing does exist probably is quite, you know, it is, it is an improvement in some ways. It would be kind of cool to be able to downsize, but then, you know, it gets exploited and, uh, like, like everything else, like everything else, it just doesn't, it just somehow doesn't quite work out the way it's supposed to. Retiring at a young age doesn't quite work out the way it's supposed to. Inheriting a billion dollars, if you read about that or people who've who've got huge amounts of money from inherited wealth or about lottery winners often it doesn't quite work out the way it's supposed to in fact um there is such a thing as a a a lottery winner's curse the way in which it can sort of systematically drive people relationships apart tear their lives apart when they win a lottery and um yeah it's just like the, the the wonderful thing i like about this film is that it it shows you how 
things just can't happen the way you expect. It just can't, you mm. know. Uh, it'll disappoint you. Reality is often disappointing, to quote Thanos. And, yeah, I love that that aspect to it, too. So, um, what else can we say about this film except that the, the internet is, is wrong once again? Will is trying to be funny there. No, yeah. we love the movie. I'm not even... I, I don't even know if it's helpful to read, go over a lot of movie reviews when they're also relentlessly negative on such a fantastic film. I'm so glad that I waited a long time to do this review so I could detox from the toxicity of these reviews and truly give Alexander Payne the praise that he deserves for his magnificent work. Yeah, and, and I when I was looking up his previous films, I realised that, yeah, that, you know, they've got something in common, which is they're all pretty good. <laughs> oh, I, not, I don't know about all well, of them, about I, Schmidt. Yeah. yeah, well, I, I don't know... I don't know his other works, and I don't know how they've been received, but I will surely look them up. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've only seen about Smitten and Sideways, but mm. yeah, that was a while ago. So, all right, well, that concludes this podcast then. Yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you later, guys. Bye.